0: section three of travels to oaxaca by nicholas joseph Thierry de Menonville. an anonymous translation from the french this librivox recording is in the public domain the trade of havana and mexico is in the hands of the catalans whose commonly active laborious enterprising and persevering disposition have acquired for many of them considerable fortunes they are, in consequence, an object of envy to Spaniards at large, who seek to disguise this feeling under a veil of contempt, an assumed sentiment as little commendable as that which is the real one. For one Castilian engaged in trade, there are thirty Catalans. Intoxicated with success, however, they prayed for exclusive privileges, a kind of monopoly but too common in Spain they had proposed as speculators to supply the colony altogether with wines from malaga and alicante at a real the bottle whereas the actual price is two reals but their petition was rejected as it was accompanied by a request of being the only ones allowed to introduce and sell the commodity the articles of trade are iron linen ironware silks clocks and watches wines and spices at the havana as in mexico little other is seen than brittany linen the coarsest of which sells at a dollar the vara a measure somewhat less than a yard english the ironware is all of it imported from germany the clocks and watches from england the small quantity of indian and persian goods consumed which are not the fabrics of mexico are derived from france the genoese for whom the spaniards evince great partiality furnish them with all silk articles for veils cassocks black hoods worn by the women on going to church mantles for priests etc their iron is partly drawn from sweden partly from old spain spain likewise sends hither oil wine and paper of detestable quality what is highly singular neither at havana nor at vera cruz can gray paper be procured i wanted some quires to dry my herbs between but was only able to procure a few sheets in which certain goods had been enveloped and which notwithstanding I was charged for at a very extravagant rate neither at the havana nor in any part of america is such a thing known as a public promenade planted with trees monsieur le marquet de la tour attempted to form one round the ramparts but it did not succeed and nothing but the walk remains unsheltered another attempted at an earlier period implanted with orange trees is likewise gone to ruin the havana contains about twenty five thousand inhabitants the whole population of the island including negroes and mulattoes does not exceed a hundred and sixty six thousand souls according to the statement in possession of the governor which i saw and from a french engineer from vera cruz who had lived a length of time at mexico i learnt that all this vast empire of spain in america contains no more than a million inhabitants at the time i was there the havana contained no more than three thousand regular troops there was however in addition to these a body of militia excellently disciplined consisting of sixteen hundred men not a single church did i observe worthy an account of its architecture to be noticed all of them are long buildings dark as dungeons ornamented on the right and left with innumerable chapels with frontispieces composed of a medley of orders of architecture wretchedly encumbered with useless trappings and still more wretchedly disfigured by the utter absence of all proportion in the most revolting and superstitious confusion though profusely covered with gilding not one of these chapels but will have cost upwards of ten thousand piastres and in every church are at least thirty or forty at this time the church of the jesuits designed for a cathedral is nearly complete on surveying it you would imagine before you a structure of the ninth century each of the thirty churches contained within the city has seven or eight brotherhoods who are constantly making processions out of number but these most especially at the period of carnival at this time the ceremonies on which occasion i had before noticed in france and saint-domingue at this time i say there could not have been here less than three thousand processions nothing could be seen but processions and no other talk or noise was heard but of which these were the cause of them they were everlasting from morning to night general processions and processions of individuals of parishes communities and of every brotherhood the members of these patrolled the streets with lanterns deafening the ear with the discordant notes of hoarse bassoons and twanging guitars and driving the god of sleep from every eyelid as long as they lasted finally were processions of every father of a family followed by his wife his children and domestics who chaplet in hand repaired to their particular chapels every house has its chapel at which every month a particular festival is celebrated the festival of the dedication of the different churches and still more particularly that of their several patrons are grand celebrations the evening before by nine o'clock the steeple is illuminated and a grand concert is given to which it is usual to listen from the roofs of the neighboring houses the succeeding day this same steeple exhibits a variety of streamers of different colours the body of the church is filled with tapers to such extreme as not badly to represent a fiery furnace through the aisles of which bad music is badly heard but in which also splendid offerings are made the bishopric of the havana reputedly produces forty thousand piastres don fulano echevarria who is the present incumbent is apparently high in favor at court he caused an order to be published which bore for title encuentra le excrable crimen de los contrabandistas against the execrable crime of smuggling i could not refrain from asking a priest of my acquaintance who happened to be his secretary if such an offence was entitled execrable what epithet was in reserve for the crime of treason but my question remained unsolved nothing can be conceived more rigid than the ordinances against nor more harsh than the punishments for smuggling since the very first delinquency detected renders both body and goods of the culprit liable to confiscation notwithstanding this nothing is more common than contraband traffic all alike pursue it burghers priests and soldiers does a vessel arrive it instantly swarms with faces utterly unknown and whose only business is to inform you that such and such articles are prohibited and officiously and out of pure good will to render you the service of conveying surreptitiously on shore your boxes of gold lace or other unlicensed articles of import nor presume to show or entertain the least mistrust and infidelity in instances of this kind is a matter unheard of for readily are all in league to evade a law so barbarous and unjust false coining is punished by the stake in short everything is either farmed or otherwise monopolized which multiplies not only the temptation but the necessity of smuggling the baker of havana is obliged to buy a license to prosecute his trade for which he pays a hundred piastres to the government paper gunpowder wine tobacco all are farmed throughout the whole of mexico and what is still more singular still more odious the tobacco and cacao grown in one province are prohibited articles in another on the miserable and verily most miserable shores of yucatan i have seen the trade for boats cables cordage and even hammocks exclusively engrossed by farmers under the government thus it is by erroneous calculations that the spanish government annihilates the commerce the population and comforts of its subjects hence flow discouragement in activity and wretchedness the infallible precursors of weakness uncleanliness disorders and death To these causes no doubt is to be ascribed the endemic leprosy of Cartagena, mentioned by the Abbe Reynal. Already it has spread to the Havana, where a leper hospital has been constructed for the reception of a hundred and fifty patients. In this very hospital are at the same time admitted such as are afflicted with venereal complaints. I made a visit to it in company with a physician of the country but confess the sight filled me with horror and that i had need of great exertion and the preservative of a flask of strong vinegar with which i took care to be provided to qualify me to support the disgust by which my senses were assailed the management of the hospital is but indifferent for though surrounded with walls the doors are constantly kept open in the daytime and the sick are perpetually going in and out without any restriction even from their traversing the whole of the city though france can boast of but little commerce with the havana it is much to be apprehended that this frightful malady may eventually be introduced into her colonies to effect this, but little intercourse is required, and communication to a certain extent is continuous. I could not look on a negress whom I saw at Port au Prince and who was completely covered with an elephantitis without shuddering at once with pity and horror. I saw the poor wretch abandoned by her owners begging through the streets and markets where thousands of slaves were liable to receive the infection and cannot refrain from observing that much greater attention than is ought to be paid to the prevention of those terrible consequences to which this and similar occurrences might lead for want of wells all the houses at the havana have cisterns two of the squares are adorned with fountains which stream forth water conducted by subterraneous channels from a small river the course of which is defended by the fort del principe so that an enemy would be unable to cut off this supply from the city in case of a siege without first taking the citadel the air of the city is generally pure and healthy the winds from the north which prevail throughout half the year on the coast cool the atmosphere to that degree that i always felt cold at night and even in the morning until by ten the sun's warmth dispersed it raising the thermometer of bourbon to five or six degrees above the freezing point Note, l'ange de bourbon was a noted french maker of thermometers already had six weeks elapsed since my arrival at the havana during which i had incessantly been tormented with the desire of completing my enterprise the time appeared to me in consequence intolerably tedious i delayed thus long the prosecution of my plan merely to prevent my being suspected by a people naturally jealous and mistrustful and whose eyes were constantly upon me the better to lull suspicion respecting the real object of my researches I constantly affected the heedlessness of a man intent on herborizing But at length, weary of the state of incertitude in which I lived, and yielding to the impulse which directed me to Vera Cruz, I began to think seriously of the means of reaching that city. I thought it prudent still to use stratagem, and pretending to be actuated by that volatility and inconstancy of disposition oftentimes with so little propriety ascribed to frenchmen and which occasionally is so favourable a cover to deep designs i feigned to be overcome with ennui from my long stay at the havana and the too narrow limits prescribed me as a botanist i readily obtained belief and met with commiseration and by this trick partly and partly by a fortunate occurrence of which i availed myself i succeeded to the height of my wishes one day don manuel Feliz ruic the factor of the Asiento company at whose house i had twice before been to obtain change for some juan portuguese coins inquired if the report he had heard was true of my being a pupil of mr jessui Antonio Laurent de jessui a french botanist on my satisfying him in the affirmative he informed me that he himself had been secretary to don Antonio ulloa one of the literary characters despatched by the king of spain in company with our academicians to peru that he had been very intimate with him An account of his intelligence and social virtues that he had a more tender regard for him than any man alive this subject of our conversation gave room for my observing that i also should have been delighted with an opportunity of visiting peru but that as my time was limited and my means deficient for this purpose i should feel much pleasure if any chance should enable me to traverse mexico don ruick instantly tendered me his service towards procuring me the facility of making this journey he was already highly interested in my favor from my intimacy with mr jesuit promising me letters for don antonio ulloa at that time general of the fleet at vera cruz and generously proffered to become my surety in a bond of a hundred thousand dollars this certainly was a very lucky incident and a handsome progress towards the effectuation of my designs but this was not all i yet feared lest the governor should object to grant me a passport notwithstanding he had promised he would upon the inclination i expressed of seeing a country in the praise of which he was no less lavish than the rest of his countrymen prone to think well of their possessions i perhaps mistrusted him unjustly but certainly not without some grounds for my fear as amid the caresses and kindnesses i experienced from don luis huet and his lady i was able to trace a fund of curiosity and was subject to questions natural enough in themselves and especially so coming from a woman i communicated my doubts to don ruic which he easily dispersed and even promised to speak on the subject the succeeding day to the marquis de la tour i now made preparations for my departure without communicating my intentions to any one breathing not even my host the packet for vera cruz was to sail in three days time and short as the notice i resolved not to miss the opportunity before me the next day was sunday a day on which the governor holds a levy at his palace the superior officers on this occasion the municipal officers of police and finance repair to the palace between the hours of ten and eleven THE GOVERNOR GRANTS THEM AUDIENCE AND RECEIVES THEIR RESPECTS IN THE GOVERNMENT HALL. IT MAY SAFELY BE SAID THAT, IF THIS CUSTOM ESTABLISHES AND REMINDS THE COURTIERS OF SUBORDINATION, IT LESSENS THE HUMILIATION WHICH THE HIGH-SPIRITED MAN LOST IN THE CROWD MUST FEEL AT BEING OBLIGED TO RENDER HOMAGE TO INDIVIDUALS UNDESERVING EITHER OF AFFECTION OR ESTEEM. FOR THIS LEVY ALSO FURNISHES AN OCCASION for soliciting and obtaining trifling favors and for expediting affairs of little moment which would only tend to perplex or clog those particular audiences held for matters of graver import this was the first time of my being present at a similar audience and the object of my attending it was to solicit my passport but finding here don manuel who represented the promise he had made me of speaking himself on the subject to the marquis de la tour i judged it expedient to leave the management of my solicitation with him and withdrew well satisfied with the prospects before me in the afternoon the militia cavalry was to be reviewed i saw the marquis in company with don luis huet and both bent to me with great civility this appeared to me of good omen and i hastened to the government house as i ascended the steps i met don luis who was leaving the hall and who inquired if i repaired thither in view of asking any favour i answered in the affirmative informing him of as much as was proper of my design upon this he proffered to accompany me to second my request at the same time adding He thought his interposition would not be needed in consequence i thanked him for his politeness and took my leave of him i waited but little ere the governor approached towards me with that benignant look his features commonly wore and inquired what my wishes i took the liberty of reminding him of the promise he had made of granting me a passport for mexico and stated i had come for the purpose of obtaining it he gave it me at the instant and without making it dear as is but too common with his equals by thousands of difficulties and delays he merely told me he was fearful i might not eventually meet with that gracious reception from the viceroy of mexico which he himself desired concluding with wishing me success on my voyage i thanked him for his kindness and after paying my respects withdrew this excellent man remained a long time in the vestibule to see me depart and when on the last stair of the flight of steps i turned again to make my last salutation i had the satisfaction to see him return it testifying by his features and gesture the interest he took in my welfare man in place how easy is it for you to engender love and veneration whence can you ever choose to be distant harsh and rude in possession of my passport the liveliness of my joy was proportioned to the inquietude i had felt respecting the possibility of my procuring it folded in my pocket i kept it as the dearest treasure and woe to him should dare to ravish it from my possession that it might be perfectly secure i flew to place it in safety i hastened light as air to don Huique, who gave me his letters for don antonio ulloa i embraced him while i assured him of my devotion and gratitude and returned to my host to sup with a feeling of contentment which defies expression then only did i speak of my departure though apparently grieved to lose me as he reckoned upon my longer stay mine host yet condescended to share the joy i expressed and gave me letters for a merchant at vera cruz and a settler at teuchitlan on the road to mexico i had now to treat for my passage the master of the packet would take no less than a hundred hard dollars the demand was exorbitant but it was vain to reason his avarice was inflexible to all my arguments he opposed a truly spanish phlegm and gravity and coolly pocketed my money without once taking his cigar from his mouth we were to have sailed the following day but his departure was procrastinated three days longer during which i made my farewell visits at length on the eleventh march seventeen seventy seven we went on board and weighed anchor at eight in the morning saluting the city and the seven citadels with one gun what then and at all times seemed to me incredible was the small number of vessels in this famous port during the six weeks of my stay i noticed no more than fifteen of from eighty to two hundred tons including the packet from vera cruz and in this last port though i remained there afterwards ten weeks i saw no greater number with what pleasure as i left the port did i contemplate those tiers of batteries the citadels and forts which line the approaches to the havana and the innumerable mouths of thundering cannon with which they are furnished on my arrival, I fancied them all directed against me, all pointed towards the prevention of my scheme of obtaining the cochineal insect. How much then must I not have felt elated? How grateful the self-applause I enjoyed at having had the temerity of braving and the great good fortune of avoiding their terribly menacing rows. no when the english captured this important place they experienced no higher satisfaction at their success like them i thought i held the key of mexico all future obstacles vanished from my sight and already i possessed in idea the precious treasure which I sought. End of section 3